in the third week of the series. If you haven't caught up, I would encourage you to grab a hold of the podcast on our website or wherever you get uh, your podcast, and you can catch up on this exciting message series. It is a, a new, it's, it's, it's different for us. A few times a year, uh, we take a book of the Bible, and we kind of go through it chapter by chapter. Normally, uh, I preach in series around themes and ideas and thoughts from Scripture, and we'll kind of use a lot of scripture and then a few times a year we'll take a we'll just sort of focus in on a book and we'll you know we'll go chapter by chapter verse by verse more more succinctly last year we did two of those the book of galatians and the book of daniel this year uh, we're only going to do one in the book of philippians so i told you a couple of weeks ago if you'll stick with us about 41 42 years we'll go through the whole bible together everybody come on just stick around with us and 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 uh, and we'll get through the whole bible together i heard somebody the other day say that his prayer to God was that I want to pastor the same church long enough that I could preach every book of the New Testament to, to, to my church. And I thought, man, what a great, what a great prayer request. He, he had accomplished that. And, uh, and, and, and I asked the Lord for the same thing. I'd love to walk you, walk us through just God's plan in our life together. Church is a family. It's not a building. Amen, everybody. Church is people. You're the church. The church doesn't exist for us. We're the church and we exist for the world. And, uh, and so I'm so glad that you chose to worship with us today. Grab your Bibles. I hope you brought a Bible or if you have it on your phone or a tablet, open that up. We're in the book of Philippians today. Bow your heads. Let's ask God to speak to us through his word and then we'll jump in. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for God's word. I don't think this is just a collection of good ideas. I think the Bible is God's word for my life. I think every question in my life I can find an answer to in the Bible in God's word. So today, I approach this time, this next half an hour together, with an open heart. God, I open my spirit, my mind today, and whatever your word has for me and says, God, let it be a mirror today. Let me find myself in it, changing my life today because of your word. God, let me have something today that sort of resounds in my heart and in the hearts of every person listening today. That God, we leave here better, encouraged, challenged, inspired, ready to change the world. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a big amen. amen. Come on, do better than that. Shout a big amen. 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 Look at your neighbor right in the eye. Say, you look good in church. You look good sitting by me in church today. <clears throat> I'm glad you're here. And I am preaching with a cough drop in today. Uh, forgive me for that, but that's better than coughing in this microphone, everybody. So forgive me uh, for that. Before I get into today's message, I always kind of like to tell you where we're headed next week is the final week of this message series, the book of Philippians. There's four chapters. We're taking a chapter a week. So the next week is the fourth week of this message series. But it's also a special day in the life of our church. Twice a year, we take a very, very focused season of what we call 21 Days of Prayer. 21 Days of Prayer together. We do it in January and we do it in August. And it's a time where we sort of refocus our whole lives. You know, it just things get scattered. And, and so we just take these two natural seasons of change January and August, and we just sort of refocus our commitment to God. These are the most powerful things. Let me go ahead and give you a, 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 just a behind the scenes. Just let me let me peel the curtain back. This church is only two years old. There have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saved here, hundreds of people baptized here, hundreds and hundreds of people finding their purpose here. Look around at what God's done in just a few short years. Now listen, the power of this church doesn't reside in anything you've currently seen. The power of this church is in times like this right here. That we go to God and we ask God for help and guidance and in our families. I need it as a father, as a husband, 
Come on, Brandy, around May or June of every year, she starts saying, hey, you know, 21 days is coming up. You kind of need that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a better husband. I'm a better father when I just focus on God. So we start next Sunday, the 4th through the 24th. And here's how that would go. Monday through Friday, starting next Monday the 5th, we meet at our ministry center at 6 a.m. And we start right at 6 a.m. There's coffee already ready and hot for you. We'll worship a little bit. We have a prayer guide you can walk through. We'll have tons of resources for you. Matter of fact, on our website today, you can find resources for 21 days of prayer. And then we'll have a private time of prayer. You just pray on your own. We kind of turn the music up a little loud so nobody else can hear you. And you just get alone with God. And by 10 minutes to 7, we'll be completely done. You'll be back in your car headed to work or to school. And if you'll make the commitment, I'll make you a promise that we'll take care of your time. I promise you we'll start at 6. I promise you, you'll be back in your car on the way before 7 o'clock to what you need to do. And then every Saturday for the next 21 days, on, uh, uh, starting next Sunday, uh, we meet at 9 a.m., same exact thing. We worship together, we pray together. It's just a little bit later, we sleep in a little bit on Saturday, come on somebody. Uh, but Monday through Friday, it's at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, I know what you're thinking, man, that's out of my way. I don't live close to here or, or the, you know, the, the ministry center of our church, all the directions online. It's not close to where I live or on my way to work. And I know. I know it's not close to school. I know it's not on your way. That's what sacrifice is all about, everybody. It's about saying, God, I'm going to put aside something I want for something I want more. I'm going to put aside something I love for something I love more. Are you awake this morning? Say amen. And 21 days of prayer, I'm asking every person in this church, if this is not even home to you, I'd love to have you just join in with us. All of the information's online today. We start that next week. We'll start with communion together as a church family and just kick off this, what I think is really going to be a season of miracles uh, in our church this August. And I can't wait to experience that with you. So we're in the book of Philippians, Philippians 3 uh, today. We're taking a chapter a week. Philippians, if you're new to this series is a pretty short book. It is a pastoral and prison epistle. We call it a, a, an epistle. It's just a letter that Paul wrote to a church he planted in Philippi. And he's writing this letter to them about 10 years after he planted this church. And Philippi, for whatever reason, there's a number of reasons, but Philippi is a very uh, special place. This church just kind of has a special place in Paul's heart. He loves the Philippians. He talks in this letter a lot about I love you and how much I love you and sort of the affection he has for this church. It's the first church he planted in Europe. And maybe he thought he was going to be there forever. I don't know. But anyway, so, so he writes this letter back to them 10 years after he plants the church. They have pastors. They have elders. They have trustees that run the church and, and the day-to-day operations. He's the apostle that sort of is writing back to them, and listen, he's writing this letter to mature them. This is important. Ten years after he plants the church, he's writing it to mature them. Let me pause here and tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, everybody's still got some growing to do. Everybody's got some maturing to do. Everybody's got more you can learn. There's always room for more of God in your life. There's always something God has for you. You know, around here on our team, we say all the time that the best is yet to come. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, when do you think the best is coming? I don't know, but it ain't here yet. Come on. Like the next step that you take is going to be better than the last one because I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm maturing in God. So Paul would write to the Philippians about maturity. And the theme of this letter, like the overarching, undeniable theme of Philippians, is joy. 
As a matter of fact, in four chapters, two pages in your Bible, Paul uses the word joy or rejoice or a derivative of joy over 16 times in four chapters. He talks about joy so much. And it's really ironic because Paul's writing this from the bottom of a dungeon in Rome, chained to a prison guard, having lived through hell and, and come back. And now he's writing about joy because Paul had something better than happiness. He had joy in his life. And listen, if you don't catch anything else I tell you today, catch this. There's something you can have better than happiness in your life. Happiness depends on the circumstance I'm in. It depends on what goes on if the sun comes up. If I, if, if I live in San Diego, how could you not be happy in San Diego? Come on, somebody. If it's 72 and sunny all the time and blue skies, I'm happy. But if it's rainy or cloudy or if, it, if things don't go my way, it steals my happiness. Listen, you can have something better than happiness. You can have joy because joy comes from Jesus. Say amen to that, everybody. It comes from Christ. And when you get joy as a believer, it's not just for you. I'm already preaching better than you're amening. So I'm going to give you some more chances to say amen. And then I'm going to start amening myself. Joy, somebody just amen. Joy, anything God gives you is not just for you. Every time God gives you something, it's for others. Because God will always bless the world through people. Always. He sends Jesus so that he could save the world. He uses Moses to rescue his people. It's always somebody that he's going to use to bless others. Joy is not just for you. Joy comes from Christ so that you can share it with the dark world that we're around. You ought to be the most joy-filled people. I'm telling you, when you go into your office, Jesus said it like this, that you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. I always tell our staff, Brandy and I, when we started this church a couple of years ago, we said, man, we're not going to hire anybody on this staff that, that, that doesn't light up the room. I don't care what kind of talents they have. I don't care how good you are or what you do. If when you come in the room, everybody else looks like Eeyore, I don't, you don't work here. I need tiggers. Come on, so I need somebody coming in, bouncing, just bouncing all over. Just light it up. Because you got joy in you. You ought to be the most happy people in your office. If everybody else is mad, you ought to come in talking about, I love this place. I, this is my favorite place. Y'all my favorite people in all the world. Just Does that mean that you, everything's right in your life? No. just means you got joy. Everybody else is depending on happiness to come and go. Come and go. Come and go. But not us. We've got joy. And we're to share it with those around us. It comes from Christ and it's for others. So Philippians 3 is today. And if you haven't called up, I'd encourage you to go, go grab the other two chapters. But Philippians 3 is probably the fulcrum at which the whole letter, in my opinion, rests. It's, it's where Paul really gives you the secret to having joy no matter what. Having joy no matter what. Here's how it starts. Philippians 3 and 1. You can look on the screen or in your notes. Whatever happens, underline that in your Bible. Whatever happens... Not on the good days, not when God's answering my prayers, not when the check's in the mail, not when everything seems right in our marriage, not when my kids are behaving. Come on, somebody. Not, 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 when, not when everything's well, but whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, you can have joy. It, this, he does not say, think about joy. 
He says there's a command that you have to rejoice in the Lord. In other words, I've already rejoiced and I'm going to rejoice. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep having joy whatever happens. This ought to be your theme verse. Whatever happens. Do you know what the devil can do to somebody who says, it doesn't matter what hell you throw at me, whatever happens, I'm going to give God praise. You can take everything away from me. You could hurt me. It doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. What would the, you know what the devil would get is tired of you. That's what would happen. He'd get bored with picking on you. If you feel like the last few years of your life the devil's picked on you, why don't you just say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw him for a loop. Everything he sends my way, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I didn't say that last service, but I'm going to listen to this podcast. I never, <laughs> I never get tired. I, listen to this. I never get tired. Paul would write the Philippians. I never get tired of telling you these things. In other words, I've said this to you again, but I'm reminding you. Write, write the word remind in your notes. I'm, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding. Why would you, why would you say it like that, Paul? Why would you say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get tired. I know life happens. The reason why if you come to church here very long, you're going to realize I preach a lot lot of the same ideas to you. I'm going to preach about joy all the time. All the time. It's one of the values of our house. You know why? I don't ever get tired of telling you because if you can get joy, it's a safeguard for your faith. It's a safeguard for your faith. Underline the word safeguard. It's a shield, another translation says. It's a safeguard around you. If you struggle with faith, if you struggle believing God, that God can really come through, God has a plan in my life, God can answer my prayers, God can heal me as long as I've been sick, God can restore our relationship, God can come through on time, God can fix our finances, God can deliver me from this addiction. If you struggle with faith, The answer to guarding your faith against disbelief is joy. It's a safeguard around you. In other words, the enemy comes to you and he says, I can't get, I can't get to them because there's joy there. So I tried, to get, I tried to get around and punch them in the kidney and that didn't work because there's joy back there. I tried to get around this side. I tried to hurt them this and there's joy. That, that's what he did to Job. He said, I, I'm, I, give me a chance at Job. God said, okay, take, take a chance at Job. And every, the enemy would come around and take his, take his kids and, and oh, that, that, I'm going to bless the Lord. Okay, I'm going to take all of your income. It doesn't matter. I'm going to bless the Lord. Lord, I'm going to take everything from you but your complaining wife anyway. I'm going to take all that stuff. That's true, by the way. I'm going to take all that stuff from you. And, and, and Job would say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, it doesn't matter whatever happens. What do you do with somebody like that? That whatever happens, I've got joy. Joy is a choice, not a feeling. And Paul said, I want to remind you. I told you to write that word down in your notes. I want to remind you about it. The reason I want to remind you is because it happens in your mind. The battlefield for joy is in your mind. I know, I know we have good intentions as Christians when we say in our hearts. I, I, I grew up in church and we didn't have kids minister. We had Sunday school. Come on. And in Sunday school, we used to sing it like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy. Yeah, yeah, I thought y'all were sinners. Down in my heart, I got the joy, joy, joy. 
down there. Hey! That's my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Anybody? If y'all didn't sing it, you're like, bro, I didn't grow up in church. I was smoking at Sunday school. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't know that song. Y'all are my favorite. That's my favorite crowd. Y'all are more spiritual than first. First had no idea. They didn't go to Sunday school. I love that song. I grew up singing it. But listen to me. Look at me. Joy is not down in your heart. Joy is fault in your mind. Your heart belongs to God. When you get saved, the only thing about you that gets saved is your spirit. What we call your heart. It's the seat of your emotions. It's everything that you can formulate in your, in your life. We call it your heart. In the Old Testament, it was called your bowels. Aren't you glad we changed that? Come on, somebody. I got the joy. Don't sing it with bowels. Anyway. But joy is not in your heart. The battlefield of joy is in your mind. I've met a ton of Christians whose heart was saved, but their mind didn't have any joy. They were depressed and anxious and worried and everything's going. The battlefield. And Paul says, I don't mind reminding you because it's in your mind to begin with. I got anybody else make a list. Where's all my list makers at? I love y'all. Keep your hands up. These are the spiritual people. I make, I make lists about the lists I need to make. And, and I'm a digital guy. I'm preaching on an iPad. I love it. I, I, my phone and all that. But I make lists on sticky notes. Come on, somebody. Sticky notes are from God. That's how God speaks to me. Through yellow and green and orange sticky notes. And I make lists on these sticky And the reason is, is because I got a hole in this bucket. You know what I'm saying? And if I fill it with a bunch of stuff and it just comes out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When Brandy and I had our, our, our first couple, well, I didn't have any babies, but she had two. And while she had our babies, she would, she, she would say she had mommy brain. Anybody know what I'm talking about on this? So I've kind of adopted that. I've had daddy brain for a, a while now. Uh, I don't know why y'all get everything. I, I had daddy brain. So I forget if I don't write it down. And Paul said, listen, you'll forget. You'll, you'll live decades of your Christianity forgetting that your mind is the battlefield of your joy. And you'll live hard seasons in your life unknowing that I can conquer this here. I thought it was here. I thought I had to just come in and I, even my heart was right. I'm saved. I don't understand. I'm praying more. I'm fasting more. I'm doing all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your mind isn't renewed. And your heart can be right and your mind can be wrong. And I've never seen anyone have a positive life with a negative mind. I've never seen anyone move their life forward in God with negativity in their mind. If you can't, if I, an old bishop in my life used to say, Mitch, you said, God, he's... People need a checkup from the neck up. Come on, somebody. That's like that's what that's real. I don't have a problem with your heart. It's your mind. And the enemy knows if I can get your mind thinking other things, I'll kill joy in your life. And Paul tells the Philippians there is a joy killer in your mind. And Philippians 3 is all about your mind. Let, let, let me give you those joy killers, what I call joy killers. It's 3 and 18. Verse 18 in Philippians 3. And he says it like this. For as I have often told you before, and I'm saying it again. In other words, I'm reminding you again. This time I'm, I'm, it makes me emotional when I think about the struggle you're going through that you don't have to go through. I'm telling you again. A lot of people, here's a joy killer, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And their destiny is destruction. 
And their God is their stomach. He's giving you joy killers. And their glory is in their shame. And then let me wrap it all up by telling you where all of this comes from. Their mind is on earthly things. He said there's a battle in your mind and there's some things that take joy. If you live this way, it's going to steal joy from you. Let me give you these three things quickly from Philippians 3 and 18. Number one, a joy killer is that you live your life unaware of the benefits of the cross. Unaware. He, he said as enemies of the cross of Christ is how Paul would write it. Unaware of the benefits of the cross. Listen to me. There's a lot of ways you can better yourself. And I think you ought to as a believer. I think you ought to be the best parent you could possibly be. Brandy and I are reading a couple of parenting books right now about raising godly children in an ungodly world. I think you ought to, I think you ought to do the best you can financially. Get on a budget. A budget. B-U-D-G-E-T. I'm just helping some of you. Budget. You, like you, got, you ought to do well in your finances. I think you ought to do well in your health. I think you ought to do. I think that's super important for you that you take care of the only temple God gave us in in your body. But listen, you can search for satisfaction everywhere else, but the only place joy—I'm talking about soul deep, gut level, sleep at night, genuine joy—comes from Jesus. It's the only place, and I'm gonna tell you the most politically incorrect thing I'll tell you all day. There aren't seven ways to heaven. There's not nine paths to God. There's not 12 ways for you to get to eternity. There is one way for you to have genuine fulfillment and joy, and it's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Shout amen to that if you believe it. It's a fact. And if you live your life chasing other things besides Jesus, it'll leave you without joy. It'll leave you without joy. You can seek it everywhere else. New ideas, new practices, always searching, never finding. What are you looking for? Joy. And joy comes. Paul said you're living like an enemy of the cross, like the cross doesn't even matter, and it matters for everything. Jesus is the source of our hope. Jesus is the source of our marriage. You you say, well, I I, I want a better marriage. You do. Read every book you can. Go to every counselor you can. Go to therapy. I'm in counseling. You need counseling. Everybody needs counseling. Come on, somebody. But counseling isn't going to do for me what Jesus can do for me. It's in the cross. You want to be the best husband? Get submitted to Jesus. You want to be the best parent? You know how to be not perfect? Get submitted to Jesus. You, you want to be the best spouse? If you're thinking about getting married, get submitted. You want to be the best 20-something walking through college in an ungodly world? Submit to Jesus. This is where real joy comes from. Living our lives submitted to God's way. God's plan. It's all about Jesus. Say amen to that. If you live your life unaware of the benefits of the cross, it is still joy from you. Here's the second thing. A joy killer. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 18, their God is their stomach. We're addicted to pleasure. We we live in a culture addicted to pleasure. Addicted to it. Now, now I'm I'm not telling you anything I'm about to say is wrong. Okay? Not my place. Let me just give you some facts. Some facts are this, that we live in a culture addicted to first-hand, first-point 
violent video games. Brandy and I were talking just the other day. It is almost exclusive. I would argue probably exclusive. Uh, Graylin, you're in education. You could probably confirm that if there is a mass casualty situation, almost exclusive. We heard one over the weekend. This is why it brought it to my memory. Almost exclusive, there is a, there is a pattern about who you know, fits the profile. And, and I heard it this weekend again. One of the hallmarks of people involved in those situations is their addiction to violent video games. I'm not telling you they're wrong. I'm not telling you things about that wrong. I, I'm, just, I'm just showing you an observation that as a culture, we are addicted to the dopamine hit we get with pleasure. Now, just in case you think I'm just picking on video games, scientists t- today will tell you that you get the exact same hit of dopamine that cocaine gives an average user every time you get a like or a thumbs up on Instagram or Facebook. So for everybody thought it was just video games, it's probably that stuff on your phone too. <laughs> We're adi- you know why we open our phones 375 times a day? To see if anybody else liked our picture. You know what I'm saying? Like because I did this thing. I did the, you know, I did, <laughs> church selfie. I did the, and I want to see who liked it. And every time somebody new likes it, I, you, get a, you get a hit of dopamine in your life. And we love that hit. We are addicted. I'm just telling you. I'm, it's not wrong or right. I'm just giving you some. We're addicted to pleasure. What I want, when I want it, how I want it. Nobody's going to tell me not. Nobody can say no to me. If, if, if it feels good, just do it. It's, we're just addicted to pleasure. And Paul said to the Philippians, you'll, you'll rob yourself of joy if you don't tell yourself no. He said their God is their stomach. They're, they're, they're always filling it up with other stuff. With trying to, and then he said, their glory is in their shame. I've never met a generation who's so proud of their sin. This is hard preaching. Come back next week. I'm gonna love on y'all. I promise. But it's true. It's true. We get. We, we just. You know why? You know why we're proud of it? Because if I talk about my sin and you say, "Oh, that's nothing. I did something worse," then I feel better about what I did because you said you did something worse than me, and we glory in our shame. I'm just telling you, it'll rob you of joy. You'll live 20, 30, 40 years of your life filling your life with pleasure, but robbing it of joy. There's There's no real joy there. It's temporary. It's a temporary hit of dopamine. It's a temporary feeling. It's a temporary click. It's just one. It's it's just one. It's just it's just happiness that comes in the moment, and then it fleets. And then at night, when you lay your head down, it's still no joy because we're it 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 killed the joy in your life if you're addicted to pleasure. Let me give you number three. Paul just wraps it all up. He says, honestly, you just live your life for earth, for the things of the world. Now listen, being earthly minded, look into my eyes. The last two were bad things. This one is just other things. You didn't catch that, so let me let me tell you two again. Look at me. You don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be sin to take you away from joy. There's a lot in your life. I think the question I get more often than not as a pastor is, Pastor, what what's the Bible say about? And then fill in the blank. Whatever it is you want, whatever thing you're doing, you know that's usually what you want to know. Is it sin to X? Is it sin? The question is almost always is not, is it sin? The question is, is it a seed? Because every deed is a seed. And do you want the harvest of the seed you're planting? That's better than you just amen. 
every deed in your life is a seed that will harvest something in your life. And you got to decide. It's not that it's bad. We just got to decide. Am I, being, am I living for here and now or am I living for eternity? Am I so focused on what's going on right now? Am I, am I so focused on this world? Am I so focused on just what's right in front of me? Am I so focused that I'm just so earthly minded that you wake up one day in your 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe 20s and 30s and you go, there has to be more to this life. Look at me. There is more to this life. There's joy you can have. But joy isn't in this world. It's in Jesus. It's from Christ. And if you don't get that right, nothing else will bring you joy. It'll kill joy in your life. You know why as Christians we can't be earthly focused? I'm not saying you can't have a good time. I'm not saying all that stuff's wrong. Listen, Paul said it like this. All things are lawful unto me, but not everything's for my benefit. Everything can be okay for you. It doesn't mean it's okay for you. Do you understand what I'm preaching to you now? You know why? Because you weren't made for this world. God, I feel like preaching right now. You weren't made for this world. We're not made for all of this. I'm telling you, this world that you see, it's going to burn up one day, everybody. This isn't our home. This isn't what we were created for. We have something better than this world. And Paul said, don't be earthly minded Philippians 3 and 20 because we are citizens of heaven listen if America comes or goes it doesn't matter what politicians up or down it doesn't really matter what the economy does or doesn't do I'm a citizen somewhere else and my mind is somewhere else is that okay with you everybody my citizenship's in heaven so if you want to have joy don't focus on this. Focus on that. Joy is what brings you on your hard days to say there's a better world coming. There's a better life coming. The, 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 the question I get asked at funerals, unfortunately in my business, in my profession, I'm with people at their best days and their worst. I, I, I bless and pray for babies in, 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 in maternity wards and I bury Parents and children and siblings in funeral homes. And the question I get more than anything is why this? Why, why so much pain? Why this? Why? And listen, the Bible would, it gives you the clearest answer I can give you. I can't answer the why your particular thing happened. But the clearest answer is this is not the end. We eagerly await a Savior from over there. We eagerly await another world. Heaven is better than this place. Texas is good, but heaven is better. San Antonio is not bad, but heaven is better. And whatever hell you're living in today, listen to me, heaven is better. And that's how you have joy on your hard days. Because this is not all there is. If this was all there is, brothers and sisters, let's go live it up. Let's go have the time of our lives because it's hell on earth. But this is not all there is. Heaven is our home. I know that's old school. Is that okay? Do you receive that? That heaven's what we're living for. So be eternally focused. When bad days come, when joy is, and when you feel like, man, I don't understand. Why this? Why did it have to go like that? Where is hope coming from? Don't look at this world for answers. Get your eyes higher. On heaven. Let me give you three steps and, I, and, and I'll close today. We'll pray together. Let me give you three practical steps. The end of Philippians 3 is extremely practical. 
Paul just gives us, he just tells the Philippians, listen, I've laid out the case for your mind is the battlefield of your joy. And so let me give you how to guard your mind. How to, is, joy is the safeguard of your faith. Let me give you the safeguard of your joy. Number one, you got to see God's redemption from your yesterday. If you want to have joy in your life, if you want to focus on joy, this is the, I'm giving you the tools for warfare in your mind. you got to see God's redemption from my yesterdays. In other words, I don't regret or resent what I've been through because God can redeem every hurt, every pain, every bad day, every terrible thing that I've walked through, everything in my life, everything, all the good days and all the bad ones, all the gifts that I have and all the hang-ups I have, every problem that I've ever walked through, God can redeem all of that. You know what the word redeem means? It means He can buy it back. In other words, when you submit yourself to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll trade you all of that stuff. Isaiah says it like this. He gives us beauty for ashes. Like I just, I hand him over ashes and he gives me back beauty. I hand him over a spirit of heaviness and he gives me back a garment of praise. It's always a trade. When God's in it, it's always better than everything I ever walked through. You don't have to resent where you come from, what you walked through, how bad it was, how terrible that relationship was, that marriage that failed, that business that went upside down, that house you lost, that child you buried. I know it was hard. I know it was the worst times of your life. But God can redeem all of your yesterdays and make it something beautiful. For Here's what he says. Here's what Paul says. You, you don't have to take my word for it. Paul says in Philippians 3 and 7, Whatever was to my profit, all the good days, I count as loss. And what's more, I considered everything loss. Like everything in my past. As long as I could give it to Jesus the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've turned my back on my past. Let me tell you something. The, the reason why your windshield is larger than your rearview mirror is because you're not going that way. You're going this way, everybody. And your faith has got to be bigger than your, 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 your focus on your past, where you come from, all my yesterdays. Let God redeem all of that. Paul says, I don't even focus on that anymore. I consider them, look at the next line, I consider them rubbish. Everything I've walked through so that I can gain Christ and be found in Him. Not because I'm righteous or better than you, but because I put my faith in Christ and the righteousness that comes from God is by faith. In other words, it doesn't erase my past. It doesn't erase the hurt. It doesn't erase the problems I had. It just is something better than the problems I had. When I get to Jesus, He redeems all of my past. I want to I want to I want to I want to unlock you from the prison of your past. God can redeem all of that. It'll give you joy. I tell you what, it'll kill joy in your life if you keep focusing on what happened to you, how bad it was, how terrible your childhood was, how awful it was what they did to you, how offended you were. How you'll just keep walking your whole life joyless, walking backwards into the same pain that God meant for you to walk out. Of. I'm not minimizing your story. I'm just telling you God has a better story for you. Say amen. amen. He redeems my yesterday. Number two, come play Henry so they think I'm closing. <laughs> Number two, you got to see God's purpose for my today. You got to see God's purpose in your today. I think one of the highest callings of my ministry is to help you see your purpose. 
a matter of fact, we believe it so much as part of the vision of our church. We only do four things here. You see it written everywhere on your worship guide, on the walls, everywhere. I want you to know God and find freedom from your yesterdays so that you can discover your purpose. Here's the way I like to tell you. When Ephesians actually says it this way, that your heart has a lens, your soul has a lens to it, and that, and that if, you can, if you can get the smear of your yesterdays off the lens of your soul, then you can see clearly the purpose God has in your today. But if you keep having the hurt of the smear of hurt or the smear of rejection or the smear of letdown, I'm preaching to somebody in this service, or, 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 or the smear of I don't know, I don't know why it happened, or, or, or the smear of, of, of betrayal. If you keep, if you allow your yesterdays to control you, you'll never be able to see clearly the purpose. But the moment you give it to God, He redeems your past. Now joy comes, and you put the lens back on your soul and. I've got purpose. You mean God has a plan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, God's, God's got something for you. It's why, it's why we have what we call the growth track. Next week during the second service, during this service, the growth track, it's, it's just a two-step process to help you become a member at City Hills. That's important. you got to get planted in God's house. That's super important. It helps you get on the team, and that's super important. But really, the, the goal, listen, the goal of our growth track, we do every month. We always have. We always will. Is to help you discover your purpose. Because here's what I know. If I can help you erase the smudge off your life and, I, and there's an aha moment that you've got purpose, listen, it doesn't mean that your problems go away. It means I focus on God's purpose in my life and my problems get smaller. I got something bigger I'm living for than revenge, than retribution, than, 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 just, than just getting up tomorrow and making another dollar. No, 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 I got purpose. I was made on purpose with a purpose. The best day of your life is the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born. Why God put you on this planet. He gave you gifts and talents and strong things, strengths. He gave you things that nobody else has. He walked you through a journey nobody else has walked. And until you see God's purpose in your today, you'll never have joy. The, the happiest people I know, the people with the most joy are people who discover their purpose and use it to make a difference. I'm t- I walked in this morning. I, I got to tell you, I walked in this morning to the dream team. And I, I was here about 8 o'clock or so. They've been here since 6 o'clock this morning. And, and setting up church and, and, and everything that you see and, and, and working and and getting it right and pursuing excellence and everything that they did. I love this team. And there were there weren't a few. There were dozens. I I, I don't know. Do, 50, 60, 70 dream. I don't know how many dream teamers are standing out there. And the thing I the thing I love about this church more than any other church, I walked into the biggest smiles. Man, just full of joy. You know why? Not because they like getting up early. I know some of them. They don't like getting up early. It's because I got purpose. I'm doing something that matters. I'm creating space for people in, at, at, at 1030 to, to find Jesus. They knew you were coming today. They've prayed for you all morning. They prayed for every seat you're sitting in. They were here setting up places for your children. There's hundreds of children checked in over there. They're finishing summer blast. They were setting all of that up. Our amazing team today. You know why? Because they know they're raising the next Billy Graham. They know we're raising future world changers. There's missionaries and church planters and evangelists over there right next door. Worship leaders. and Come on. They just knew. And it gives them so much joy. Because I have purpose. Here's what Philippians says. Not that I've already... 
obtained it or have already been made perfect. I'm just like you. People who serve in their purpose aren't special. They're just like you. They just press on and take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Let me give you my Rose translation of that. Rose 8 to 3 and 12 says, I'm doing what God called me to do. It's amazing what happens when I do the thing I was made to do. I've got purpose. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do. I'm letting God redeem my past. I forget what's behind me. And I'm straining towards what's ahead because I'm pressing on for a purpose, a goal, a plan so that I can win the prize that God has called me to. I've got purpose in my life. I can have joy no matter what because i got purpose in my today. And when you get purpose, here's the last thing. When you get purpose for you today, you can see Oh man, there's a plan for tomorrow. I'm going to confess to you, I'm already over time, so I'm just going to take my time. Is that okay? I'm going to do it whether you amen that or not. I'm a control freak. Ask my wife. Don't ask my wife, trust me. See, I just controlled you and told you not to ask my wife. I'm a control freak. I don't like to fly. I fly all over the world. I don't like it. You know why? Because I'm not in control. I don't care what the statistics say about more people dying in car crashes. I don't care. I'm not flying the plane. Come on, somebody. So I'm scared. I'm a control freak. The hardest thing for me to trust God for is tomorrow. Because I wish I had a, I wish I could control it. I wish I knew what was going to happen. I wish I knew how it was going to all work out. But listen, it'll rob you of joy if you try to control tomorrow. You'll, you'll go in. You know what worry is? Worry is you taking yourself today, the strength you have today, going in your imagination into tomorrow and trying to figure it out. You don't have any grace or strength for tomorrow. The Bible said His mercies are new. Say it again. Not every two days. So when you wake up today, you've only got mercy for today. Strength for today. Grace for today. I don't care what hell comes your way. You got all you need for today. But if you go to tomorrow, you don't have any because there's not a fresh batch yet. <laughs> God, I wish I could preach this. There's not, there's, you don't have new mercy yet. You hadn't made it in there. So you can trust God for tomorrow. That's why Paul ends Philippians 3 with our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, by the way, that's the Holy Spirit. By, by, by the power that, that's why I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, by the way. That's why 21 days matters, because I need the renewal of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen, everybody? If, if you'll let it, it'll transform everything in your life so you can be like Him. And it'll give you joy.